I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome to my weekly podcast, where I read erotic stories for women to you. Why? Because sometimes you just want a man to read you a naughty story. I wrote this week's story. It's actually part of my Erotic Adventures of You series, available on audiobook as well. It's called Snooker Smiles. And no, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. I hope you enjoy it. Snooker Smiles In this week's story, your name is Vanessa, and you're a photographer slash graphic artist slash waitress. Well, you're a waitress for right now. You went back to school online not too long ago after several years out and decided you wanted to get your degree, and you did. A graphic arts and photography degree. You got it online so you didn't have to go anywhere. You stayed right in your small town in Missouri and waitressed at the town cafe. Hey, you have to pay the bills somehow, and you enjoy it, most of the time. The problem is that you have no experience in the design industry, and since you got your degree online and not at a big university, you have not been able to get even an interview anywhere. So, you were still at the cafe. You finally got a big break a few weeks ago. You saw an online ad from one of the most prestigious advertising agencies in L.A. The ad said, Wanted, graphic artist slash photographer to work with prestigious clients in our office. We do not care what you've done. We want to know what you can do. Must be talented, uniquely creative, and extremely motivated. Well, you were certainly all of those. The ad went on to say, To be considered for the position, please send a mock-up of a magazine ad for orange juice. We will pick the ad that we like best. The successful candidate will receive a 30-day tryout and be compensated $5,000 for the trial period. If after that we decide to keep you on as a full-time employee, you will receive $75,000 for your first year and a generous benefits package. Thank you and good luck. Mr. Samuel Stafford, VP. Wow, perfect, you said out loud. Now all you had to do is come up with an ad that was eye-catching and unique. You're certainly motivated, and $5,000. My God, how long would it take you to make $5,000 in tips at the cafe? You usually only made a couple dollar tip here and there. Well, except for the one guy once a week that would come in and give you a $20 bill for a tip. Hell, his usual Saturday morning breakfast only cost $8.95. He was a nice, quiet man, with a deep voice, that somehow always, well, got to you when you heard it. The man was a bit older than you, but damn. The $20 tip was not the only thing that you looked forward to on Saturday morning. He would always ask how school was going, and you would blab while he politely listened. One day, you noticed that he would not start eating until you left. The man was too polite to not pay complete attention to you. You walked in the back, and watched him through the order window as he ate. Lord knows why, but you loved watching him eat. You shake the thought of Harlan from your head, take a deep breath, grab your laptop, and head to your bedroom. It is hotter than hell, so you turn on the ceiling fan. The windows are open since all you have is a window unit AC, and of course, it works about half the time. 
Never during the half with the hot streaks, of course. Piece of shit, you mumble. It's early evening, and it's muggy, and you're sweating, even in your shorts and tank top. You peel them off, along with your underwear and bra, and throw them in the hamper. You set your laptop on the thrift store nightstand, throw yourself onto the bed, and lay there on your back, looking up at the ceiling fan as it slowly turns, giving off a low hum that goes up and down in pitch as it goes round and round. Depending on how you squint your eyes, it can appear to go faster or slower. You smile to yourself. How the world looks has a lot to do with how you look at it. One of those bullshit sayings you heard somewhere that actually makes sense. Sometimes. The air the fan is breathing down on you is warm, but has a cooling effect as a light beating of sweat on your naked body evaporates. You think about orange juice as you feel your nipples tighten from the light touch of the breeze on them. How do you make an orange juice ad stand out from the hundreds of other ads that are sure to be submitted? You spread your legs a bit so you can feel the breath of the fan on your pussy. Nice. Orange juice. Hmm. You begin to lightly clench and release your pussy. You heard somewhere that if you do that enough, that it's actually possible to have an orgasm without ever touching yourself. No success as of yet, but it's not for lack of trying. You do it off and on at work a lot, but no go so far. It feels good, though. Orange juice. Okay. Ads are about selling things, of course. Who is the buyer? Mostly women, you suppose. Clench. Release. How do women decide which orange juice to buy? Price? Ingredients? Clench. Release. God, it is hard to think when you're horny all the time. You have actually wondered from time to time if it is normal to be as horny as you are. Constantly. Orange juice. Clench and release. Women. Orange juice. Get them to buy. Get a $75,000 a year job. Clench. Release. Orange juice. Have to grab their attention. Make them feel that they want that orange juice. Need that orange juice. That's it! You yell out loud. You jump out of bed, grab your car keys, and head for the door. You throw the back door open and see the night lit up with a rising full moon. Beautiful. Shit. You look down and see your bare skin shining in the moonlight. You run back in and throw on a pair of old gym shorts, a tank top, and your cowboy boots, as usual, and come back out and jump in your old crappy convertible. Literally jump, because the door usually doesn't open and you just leave the top down all the time. There are so many taped up holes in the damn thing, it doesn't do much to keep out the weather anyway. It starts right up. Thank God. Every time it actually starts, it feels like winning the lottery. Okay, maybe not that good. Maybe like winning at bingo. Piece of shit. You mumble. You know how to get to where you're going. 
it is a little dirt driveway leading back into the woods. You have driven by it many times, but never been brave enough to turn in. Hey, you're desperate. This orange juice ad is the chance you have been waiting for. You have heard that the dirt driveway leads back to a little cabin in a clearing. He described it to you once, when you worked up the courage and just blurted out the question. Where do you live, Harlan? He sat in the booth for what seemed like forever, looking into your eyes, and then told you. A little cabin back in the woods off the highway, south of town, just past the creek bridge. He said, I built it about a year ago when I moved here. You wanted to ask where he moved here from, but you were so relieved that he answered your first question that you figured you would quit while you were ahead. Orange juice, you think. Mornings, a cabin in the morning with the sun coming up, and a man. Orange juice, clench, release. That should get their attention. You get to the driveway and hesitate before turning in. What the hell are you doing? You ask yourself. I just need to look at the cabin, and I will turn around and leave. You answer yourself. Just a quick look for reference purposes, nothing more. He will never know. You finally convince yourself. You turn into the driveway and turn off your lights. The driveway reminds you a bit of a wooded tunnel, but there is enough moonlight coming through that you can see. You think about him. His name is Harlan. He is a nice, quiet man. Clench. Release. When he does speak, it is usually with you at the cafe for a few minutes when you bring him his order, which is always the same. Four eggs over easy, two sausage patties, two pieces of white toast, lightly toasted with strawberry jam on the side, not jelly, and a large glass of orange juice. And oh my God, was he hot. A little older than you, but hot nonetheless. Not like the trendy boy men you see on TV. A rugged, masculine hot. Dark hair with long streaks of gray, pushed back and reaching the middle of his neck a darkly tanned face, and a lean, muscled body. Well, from what you gather from seeing him in jeans and a long-sleeved plaid shirt, which was his usual attire, you clench and release. Oh, my God, that feels good, you tell yourself. When you watched him eat that day while leering through the order window at him, the part you are remembering now is when he took the drink of orange juice his large, tanned hand bringing the glass to his lips, his head tilting back, and his Adam's apple working up and down as he swallowed each cool, wet drink. Clench. Release. Oh, my God! What is that? You can see a clearing up ahead at the end of the driveway, the bright moonlight behind a shadow of some animal. It looks like a... a damn wolf! Shit! You put the car in reverse. What the hell do you want? Says a deep voice from right beside you. Clench. This time it is your asshole slapping shut from fear. 
Your foot hits the gas, and bam, you back right into a tree. Your head flies back and bounces off the headrest. You are a bit dazed. Through blurred vision, you see the wolf walking towards you. Vanessa? Harlan asks. Hi, Harlan. You answer in a loopy voice. What are you doing here? Are you okay? Oh, just taking a little ride. Backwards. In my car. Piece of shit. Let's get you up to the house. He says. He tries to open the car door, but it is stuck. Piece of shit. You say, in a matter-of-fact loopy voice, and giggle. He looks down at you and shakes his head. Then he reaches in towards you, and you see both large hands coming at you right toward your breasts. Clench. Release. God, you're even horny when you're half-knocked out. He puts a hand under each arm, and then, effortlessly, lifts you out of the car and sets you on your feet on the dirt drive. But as soon as he starts to let you go, you about fall over. Whoopsie! You giggle like you are drunk. Damn, girl, you hit your head pretty hard, you hear the deep voice say. Clench. Release. Ah, oh, no big deal. I'm always horny like this. He lets out a deep, low laugh. Okay, no walking for you. He puts one arm behind your back, then bends down and puts his other arm behind your knees and picks you up, cradling you in his arms. He begins to walk toward the cabin. You look down and see the animal that was in the driveway. Hi, Wolfie. You say. Oh, wait. My stuff. My camera and laptop are in the back seat. You know what? What? You ask. You are a lot of trouble. You know that? Yep. You say. He turns around and carries you back toward the car. When he gets you there, you point at your camera and laptop and equipment bag and try to reach for it. But there appear to be two of each of them. You let out a groan. I will get them, he says. Since he can't hold you and all the stuff with the way he is carrying you, he shifts you to one side and carries you like a father would carry a child. You have a leg around the front of him and a leg around the back, and your arms around his neck, and he is supporting you with one hand and a forearm under your ass. He bends over the car and fishes out your stuff. Whee! You say, as he stands back up and starts walking to the cabin again. He laughs. You are a hoot. And two hollers sometimes. You answer in a serious voice as you look into his eyes from about six inches away. I just bet you are. You lay your head on his shoulder, and as you slowly fade out, you feel his hand under your ass and your crotch rubbing on his hip as he walks. You clench, release, clench, and release. You hear the hum of the ceiling fan. You are laying on your back and sweating 
you realize you still have your shorts and tank top on, so without even opening your eyes, you sit up and pull the shirt over your head and toss it. Then you lift your hips and push your shorts down with your thumbs and toss them too. Ah, oh, that's better. A bit of air on your naked body. You clench. Release. You fall back to sleep. Crack. Crack. What the hell is that noise? You ask yourself. Crack. Crack. You slowly open your eyes and see the ceiling fan turning round and round. You unsquint your eyes and the fan slows down. That's not your fan. Your eyes pop open. You jump up and look around at log walls. What the hell? Your car. You crashed it and knocked your dumb ass out. Oh, your car. Piece of shit. As you look around at the plain little cabin with its stone fireplace and just one big room, you remember. Harlan, you say out loud. You put both hands on the top of your head. Oh, my God. My head is huge. The front door opens, and Harlan is standing in the doorway, shirtless, wearing an old pair of jeans and a bit of a sly smile on his face. Oh, I think your head is just the right size, he says as he walks toward you. He reaches up to your head. Move your hands, hon. You drop your hands down to your sides. He reaches around the back of your head while your face is just inches from his bare chest. Small beads of sweat are dotted between his pecs and around his nipples. You breathe in his slight musky scent. He unties something, steps back, and shows you an ice pack. There. He feels the back of your head. All better. You tilt your head down to feel for yourself, and you freeze. Mortified, you see that you are naked. You don't move. You try to figure out what to do. You can't move. You can't speak. You are locked up and about to lose your mind with a thousand thoughts racing through your brain and all colliding with one another. Would you like some coffee? You look up at him, his soft, dark eyes looking back into yours. You clench and release. After a moment of saying nothing and just staring back at him, he reaches for the coat rack by the front door and grabs a flannel shirt. He walks to you and holds the shirt open. You turn your back to him, put your left arm in, then your right, and turn back to face him. You are just ready to button it up when he says, One of the great benefits to living in the woods is you don't have to get dressed if you don't want to. He turns to get you a cup of coffee. You move your hands up to your hair instead to straighten it, leaving the shirt unbuttoned. Clench. Release. Here you go, he says, handing you the coffee. I was just cutting some firewood. Would you like to come out and sit on the porch? Yes, I would. He holds the door open for you. As you walk out on the porch in the morning sun, you are mesmerized.
The sun has just come up, and its beams are actually visible as they shoot through the morning mist hanging in the air. Beads of dew cling to everything. The droplets shine in the grass, and the sunbeams are shining through them at just the right angle to give some of them a rainbow prism glow. You can hear the drops plopping through the leaves in the trees. You gasp and run toward the driveway toward your car. Where are you going, girl? To get my camera. Whoa there, it's in the cabin. I carried it in last night along with you. Oh, that's right. You slide to a stop in the wet grass and run back toward the cabin. Harlan is standing by a stump with an ax in it, hands on his shirtless waist, smiling and shaking his head. You are running, not jogging, flat out running. You feel the cool breeze hitting your naked body, Harlan's flannel shirt streaming behind you in the wind. You feel your breasts bounce up and down with every step. You feel the wet grass between your toes. You throw open the door, run in, grab your camera, and bolt back outside. You run away from the cabin a bit so you can get the entire scene in the shot. As you turn and point the camera, you click the button before you even have the shot framed. You keep clicking and clicking in every direction. You hold the button down, engaging the automatic shot, and it clicks and clicks and clicks, one after another. As your picture-taking frenzy slows, you begin to walk back to the cabin. The sun is rising further, the dew is evaporating, and the morning mist is burning off with the sun. The moment is gone. You frown a bit as you step barefooted onto the porch. You can feel the smooth, sanded wood under your feet as you walk to a chair made out of logs and sit down. You fall back into the chair with a huff of breath, slouch down with a forearm on each chair arm and legs spread. You smile as you look around at the view. Beautiful, you sigh. Yes, beautiful, he says. You look down and see the flannel shirt is wide open. Harlan is looking at you and your view of him is framed by your bare legs and your pussy. You feel no need to cover up, and in fact, don't move at all as he pulls the axe from the stump and starts splitting wood. Crack. Crack. You clench and release. Clench and release. You watch as he swings the axe, his bare upper body flexing with each swing, Crack, clench, release, click, click. You start hitting the shutter on your camera. He doesn't object, so you bring the camera to your face. Click, click, crack, clench, release. You lower the camera. Crack, clench. Release. As you watch his muscles flex, you feel your pussy begin to tighten. Crack. Crack. Clench. Your pussy stays clenched for a moment, and you grab tight onto the camera. The button depresses and starts clicking madly as your pussy releases with an enormous convulsion, one after another after another. 
You let a soft squeal escape your lips with each contraction. You begin to open your eyes and look right into Harlan's as the contractions slow. You just sit there, trying to catch your breath with a slightly opened mouth. You are not sure what to say. What the hell do you say to that? Harlan walks towards you with that beautiful, sly smile of his. I heard somewhere that that was possible, but I have never seen it happen before. Thank you. Um, you're welcome, you say. When he gets almost to the porch, he bends down and stands back up, with a glass in his hand, and holds it up for you to take. Your mouth drops open. You hold the shutter down on your camera and point it towards him as you take the glass of orange juice from his hand. It's three months later, and you are sitting in your private office. You lean back in your chair and stare at the poster-sized blow-up of the ad that started it all for you. It is a beautiful, sun-drenched scene with a tan, shirtless mountain man offering a cold, sweating glass of orange juice to someone on a porch. He is wearing a sly grin. You can see a woman's hand reaching for it from the viewpoint of the lucky lady. In the background, you see a stump with an axe sticking out of it, and next to that is sitting a wolf-looking dog. His name is Snooker. Snooker is smiling. You do a lot of smiling these days, too. The poster hangs on a log wall, in addition to Harlan's cabin, to accommodate the newly crowned Queen of Orange Juice ads. You coming outside today? Harlan asks you through the open window. You waggle your eyebrows and reply, Only if you help me this time. He laughs. Deal. The end. Oh, wait. What happened to the car? Well, it's still a piece of shit. But you're happy about that every day of your life. Because if it wasn't, you wouldn't be there. The end. Again. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast of Snooker Smiles. Don't forget to follow the podcast. There's a new episode every week. These stories are part of my Erotic Adventures of You series of audiobooks and are available on audible.com. I'm Donovan Kane. For now, goodbye.